Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on uh, Friday. This will be the uh, middle of September uh, for End Times Friday. And uh, we've been uh, uh, having a great summer, and uh, we got to be with you. Uh, and yeah, enjoy, and, it was great to see you guys out here. Uh, and enjoy the uh, the beauty of the lake. And you actually got to have a little bit of time up there as well. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, fun that was, you. that was such a blessing, right? Yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed actually a few days of uh, what Kendra actually coined this term and I have taken it over Godcation. Yep. So there were a few days that I got to be up at the lake just by myself with God and my journal and some books and my kayaks and thoroughly enjoyed that. And then the rest of the family came up and enjoyed that time together too. So yep. it was sweet, sweet time. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, we, uh, this is, uh, we've just finished. And if you haven't um, gone back and looked at it is uh, there's the last two guest Thursdays uh, would be September 7th and the 14th, mm-hmm. uh, where Casey Mulligan, uh, Casey is a PhD uh, economist who is really uh, <laughs> uh, talking to him. And, and as you, you could get express, uh, Kathy, you, know, you would never know that the guy is pretty famous. Uh, right. You know, but he, it, you can tell he's brilliant. He knows his stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a professor, right, at he's University professor of... Professor at the University of Chicago, um, yeah. uh, married to Julia, and they have beautiful children. Um, and they've had an exciting uh, walk with God, which has been fun mm-hmm. to be part of. And because of and his... And you were a part of that from the very beginning. Yeah, the very, very beginning with <laughs> right? uh, Julia, the, the Julia and then Casey. And I got to marry them. Uh which was yeah, quite quite so fun cool. and beautiful in Chicago, um, and then see their life uh, mature and and grow. And uh, when I married him, it was he had children that were young, and mm-hmm. now now they're you know up in the twenties, and it's kind of time goes. <laughs> um, yeah, it but, sure does. But Casey is um, you know been given a gift of uh, both you know, insight, wisdom, being able to understand truth and then be able to uh, uh, help present that truth in a way that people mm-hmm. people can understand it all the way from, uh, remember he served, he served in the White House um, uh, and he was, you know, avail- avail- he's been available, uh, you know, for, for Trump, he was available for Bush. Um, just to look at information, look at policy, and and predict the outcome of those of those policies. And for him, you know, it's all about economic vitality uh, and the ability of people. And, and what he 
helps us understand is um, as you look at two fundamental questions of the economy, of any economy, it's mm-hmm. um, which, which direction is it going to go? And due to normal uh, growth of the population, economy, economy should increase um, mm-hmm. because you've got more people. Uh, that are now, you know, receiving uh, income and spending that money, which stimulates demand and G, what's called GMP, gross national product. Mm-hmm. And that's why the gross national products of the world, you know, and countries, generally speaking, now there's, there is, you know, for example, issues in Europe, and you mentioned this, that uh, their population growth is actually not, is not, is either flat or sometimes negative, which think about mm-hmm. that, if you go into that mode, you're going to have a negative economy just by definition. Um, so right. uh, he says- well, I thought it was interesting even, go ahead. Go, go ahead. And then we'll pick it up. Go ahead. I was going to say, I thought it was interesting that he even pointed out though, just that um, I think sometimes that economic principle we don't think about, he was saying that the economy can grow in the aggregate but still be shrinking on a per person basis because of the amount of population drawing on what's being produced as well. And so that was an interesting point that I had not thought about, you know, well, I always yeah. think of it in, in the other direction, but sometimes depending on what, who's producing what and who's simply drawing on the economy, even though it's growing, it's shrinking on a per person basis. Well, it's, um, uh, and he defines shrinking, uh, which is the second element uh, and look at standard of living. Right. So really, it's it's a standard of living is on a per person basis. So that um, mm-hmm. and and there can be variety of segments that experience differences in their uh, standard of living. So that um, mm-hmm. uh, the whole economy could be could be growing and not considered per se a recession. Um, mm-hmm. And he even said they've redefined recession now as right. below a certain level of negative growth, you know, so that mm-hmm. you have to get to that point before you have an recession. But if you're if you're negative, you're in a recession. So um, right, he right. just said they, they've redefined that term. So people don't say recession, uh, partly because of uh, in, uh, in the economics uh, there's this uh, term on a macro level called self-fulfilling prophecy. And mm-hmm. that is if you believe that we're in a recession or going to be in a recession, mm-hmm. we actually promote moving into a recession because people then shrink right. their, their spending. Uh, right. We it, respond in anticipation of thinking that's wisdom and then that actually is what creates it. Right, right. right. So they purposely have tried to remove that word so that mm-hmm. even, even though things may, may move in that direction, uh, they don't want to accelerate it by people therefore believing it and just saying, no, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be fine and the economy is going to be flat or growing. So the second element is um, standard of living that uh, the whole may be growing, but because of where it's, it's uh, the expenses are with uh, cost, mm-hmm. Um, the ability of a uh, individual may not be able to live the same way they did last year or the, or the years before 
because they have to spend more on fundamentals and they can't they can't buy things that maybe they used to have bought like go out to dinner more often mm-hmm. or buy or buy clothes etc or even or even afford a car and you know he gave the example of uh, you know what he was proposing was discussing uh, regulation uh, yeah. that, and that was fascinating right yeah that was having a big impact on uh, people's uh, spending which he he says at the moment the current administration is adding ten thousand uh, dollars and may go higher in terms mm-hmm. of the uh, draw away from their ability to pay for things that they now have to pay more for and he gave the example of the automobile that mm-hmm. if if they fulfill their 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 uh, targeted uh, objectives of regulation which is which is that automobiles have to get to a 60 mile uh, per gallon uh, place mm-hmm. which which because of the limitation of the gas engine likely will push everything toward electric but the cost of of buying a new automobile is going to be skyrocketing and that people Mm -hmm. ultimately can't afford that and it has to move to a different place so that um, uh, he talked about uh, what what that has done is pushed what could be a growing economy to a flat economy Um, Mm -hmm. then he says which way that goes because the pressure is pushed it down to flat it could be higher it mm-hmm. could be growing but it's pushed everything down to flat now what happens next will either uh, if the if the certain things continue or certain factors continue it will go into a recession or mm-hmm. if if the factors don't uh, you know, come together they will stay flat uh, they will grow slightly, but not, you know, not in a high level. Um, so we ask him, as you and I were on the call with him, is, well, w- what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, being a true, uh, and remember, you could see it's all by data for him. Um, yes. He said, well, the data shows uh, that it could go either way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, And that's, you know, that's expected, you know, from a, uh, economist who uh, is just right. looking look at the data and say, you know, I can't, I can't tell you the pressures there, and certain factors are there, and you know, it it could easily go negative, but um, it's fifty fifty, you know, exactly what would happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, because uh, I'm not limited as an economist, <laughs> um, and I can look at factors and to make make predictions. Um, what I'd like to do is talk a few things uh, to set it up, and then we can talk about the impact it's going to have on us. And if it if it tends to go negative or into a recession, which the factors are, um, a couple things have happened. Uh, one is that the um, United States credit, and this is this is funny. There's there's think of every company. Um, that is, is particularly a, a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. They have a, a credit rating that is published. Right. So that um, either they're A plus, you know, A, A minus, uh, B, B plus, B, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it moves around. So you, you may be A today, and based upon certain conditions, 
in your uh, both your profitability and your balance sheet, cash, mm-hmm. uh, credit, credit, amount of debt, cost of that debt, they can be lowered. Your credit rating can be lowered, mm-hmm. um, and it's a score. Um, now, by the way, so they do that for corporations. They also do that for nations, um, mm. and they try to give a rating of the credit worthiness of the potential of, of any pressure that's happening. Well, we were just downgraded. The United States was just downgraded. Right. Historically, we've been very strong, but lately this, yeah. this has now changed, right? Yeah, we are, we are downgraded. And the downgrading is because, um, and I'll, I'll try to help show this fairly simply, is that it's a, it's a measure of, mm-hmm. first of all, the total debt that we have in relationship to the gross national product. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, up until uh, actually uh, 16, you know, when, uh, when Trump was there, and he actually even prior to Obama, uh, the level of debt was, was, let's say, significantly low, and there wasn't any pressure on the government spending and the uh, the plan of the budget, because the ratio was fine and the economy was expanding, uh, so the mm-hmm. debt love debt level was fine. Well, Obama added a lot of debt. Trump uh, actually was the one that added the most debt. Interesting enough, and then Biden has now exceeded that mm-hmm. with uh, what happened with COVID and everything else. So that now we are uh, our debt level. And by the way, this is just reported debt level. There's, there's mm-hmm. uh, technically, and you economist will know, there's on balance sheet and off balance sheet stuff. Off balance sheet stuff is is super high, uh, and and it's not even counted. Although we have to we have to pay, pay it, uh, but the debt level is now exceeding the gross national product. Um, so mm-hmm. then okay. you got you got two issues. One is uh, potential rebalancing that to be able to, right. uh, let's say, at least halt the, the growth and let the economy grow, 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 that then that gets, we could have the gross national product exceed that debt level just because we don't add any more mm-hmm. debt. Um, well, uh, because of... We seem to have trouble doing that, though. We do, yeah. Uh, and, okay, now think about <laughs> think about why. Okay, we, we can't do that. We don't seem to be able to do that. And nobody, nobody addresses it. Mm-hmm. Why, why would that be? What, what's going on that that's causing that? Well, I could be wrong. This is maybe the skeptic in me, but I feel like there's so many political game playing things. You know, it, there's a lot of struggle for power at play and making certain groups and certain politicians and everything happy by placating to adding to some of these things is I think a part of it as well. Yeah. And see, it's the, uh, in a simple way, it's the, uh, commitment mm-hmm. to, uh, payment of certain, uh, government programs mm-hmm. to, a, to a variety of things and people. Um, and there's not a willingness on either side of the, of the aisle, what we call either side of the aisle, Democrat, Republican, uh, to look at it and say we should halt or limit spending in these areas. 
So right. we, so they they don't even want to talk about it. And because they don't want to talk about it, those policies continue to be done and more and more spending. And see that spending out, out uh, strips the income. So, right. so we can't pay it ourselves. So if, if that makes a deficit, what's called deficit spending and it, and it continues mm -hmm. because of those commitments, um, we have to borrow the money. Um, right. And that adds to it. And so the debt level keeps going up and up and up. And um, because of from 2008 till about 2022 and, and now into 23, uh, the interest rate was essentially, you know, and it's, it's slightly, but it was essentially zero. So, mm -hmm. so it, the, you were adding payment for the amount of interest, but it was manageable because the interest rate was zero. Well, because of inflation and then the fed has come in. Remember the fed is not a U.S. institution. Uh, it's right. a, it's a owned by, by foreigners so that, um, they've raised rates now seven times. Right. And, and people, uh, who are listening, you can, you can feel it in a real simple way. Think of as little as two or three years ago, mm -hmm. you know, people could get mortgages for two and a half percent. Right. Uh, 30 year mortgages for two and a half percent. And by the way, if, if uh, you did keep it. <laughs> uh, right, right. Okay. Uh, um, now, today, interest in mortgages are at seven percent plus. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that has just increased the payment of a, an equivalent property. By the way, properties have, have skyrocketed in value mm -hmm. um, that your payment by definition, if you go from two and a half to seven, um, you have just tripled your payment mm -hmm. uh, on the same amount of money and the same amount of debt. So uh, the ability to pay that uh, is struggling. And uh, as a result of that, um, uh, and there was a, a good analysis that was recently done about this, is that um, if everything stays in the same pattern, that mm -hmm. the interest alone, the payments on it, forget about principal, which is what should happen. Mm -hmm. They should pay principal and, and, and get the thing back in balance. But because of the entitlement um, and the lack of, of any uh, desire to rein it in, um, the spending is going to keep outstripping uh, our ability to pay for it. And our debt will go higher, but the interest payments alone uh, will eat up uh, as much as uh, 70 to 75% of the U.S. Uh, spending budget, mm -hmm. uh, which will put the pressure on, um, it should be down at like 25% or 30%. That's going to push that up to 60 to 70 to 80%, which means that then that spending, if that continues, has to, by definition, add more debt or the inability to pay these entitlements. But it, mm -hmm. it, it all contributes to the potential, you know, for a recession because the amount of, of funds is, is not using to generate uh, investment, but rather just to pay back interest to, to the mm -hmm. holders of it. And the holders of our debt, by the way, are mostly foreigners. 
Right. Uh, so the pressures are as a result of all that. The um, people who rated the government in terms of creditworthiness said the pressure is is getting pretty strong, and we have to let the world know that your creditworthiness is less today than it was, you know, two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Now, as a result of that, what it does is that puts pressure to raise rates to cover that. Mm -hmm. um, so that if you if you have lower creditability, and you can you can look at this uh, for people like for example who are trying to buy a car. Mm -hmm. um, when you go in to buy a car, and you're going to get a loan from the bank associated with that car lender, car car uh, uh, place dealer. Um, if you have ex extremely good credit, you get the best rate. Mm -hmm. If you got lower credit you get lesser rate or get a higher rate. And if you get even lower than that credit, you get the worst rate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's interesting, you, you have the least ability to pay, but you have to pay the highest rate. You're going to pay the most, right? You're going to pay the most. So what happens- but you're a higher risk, that's yeah, why. So as a result, the interest rate uh, for, the, for the United States increased because we, we are now at mm -hmm. a risk, we're at a lower risk. Well, then if we're at a lower risk, the people who are buying that debt say, well, you're going to have to pay more for me to buy that debt mm -hmm. because your worthiness is less than it was two years ago. I mean, so you see how that that right. circle right. Uh, goes. It all compounds, yeah. Um, and um, and then on top of it, um, the inflation has impacted uh, the ability of people to buy things. And so, like, for example, in housing, um, it's because of, of the cost of the lent, of the mortgage the cost of the mm -hmm. house, it's starting to push it out of range for the average person, um, which is right. why. And it's interesting in particular, I think, to watch that one. You know, we look a lot about what that's doing in terms of people not being able to purchase houses. But what that has done to rent, too, has been fascinating to watch and, and sad, honestly, but fascinating to watch in the standpoint that. So many people, you know, you talk about the lower, how we had these lower interest rates. A lot of investors actually bought up a lot of properties, you know, in the last several years, particularly, um, and then turned them into rentals and they bought them at these lower interest rates, but bought them on an arm on the adjusted, adjusted rate for that. And so now their rates are going up and as they're coming into rent, the rent, you know, I, I'll give you an example. My sister has been renting a house for a while um, and the landlord just came to them and literally wanted to more than double their rent. And the reason for that was basically he's at an arm mortgage rate and he's got to now cover this higher interest. And, you know, and with the short, you know, shortage of houses and renting available, all of these things, you know, he can demand a higher rate, but you talk about somebody who one couldn't afford a house to begin with and now is being forced to pay double the rent, which would be more than a mortgage, but can't then buy a house either because the houses, the houses have gone up so much in value. It's, it's really an interesting dynamic and problem that is going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, just to uh, help clarify what you just said, an arm, we'll call it an adjustable rate mortgage, uh, is for a period of, of certain years. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, 
uh, and if and if anybody was what was wise when they were buying uh, having mortgages three or four years ago when you could get two and a half percent, people didn't get uh, adjusted rate mortgages. They got thirty year mortgages. So mm-hmm. that rate is set for the thirty years, and and they literally can't even though they'd like to. Which, by right. the way, which way is a problem economically because of the of the cost now of funds for them. They're getting they're getting income based on two and a half percent. Mm-hmm. And they actually are losing money on your mortgage at this point. Uh, right. But an right. adjustable rate mortgage is one that is usually was anywhere from a three, a five, or a seven year. And because of the uh, attractiveness, they, they went with three. Mm-hmm. So like your sister, that, that lender, that uh, landlord got a three-year arm. Mm-hmm. Well, in three years, uh, it adjusts up to the new rates. Right. Um, so now he's paying and more. And that's a big swing. Yeah. So he's paying more. And because uh, there are less people being able to um, uh, go buy houses, the mm-hmm. rent, the rental market has more demand per se, but um, the cost of it, like, like you just said, well, she just went double. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a great example of what I think is going to happen in terms of why we're going to have a recession so that if your sister says, well, I don't have a choice, um, I have to pay double, or maybe I find another place and I can find another place, but I'm going to have to pay 50% more anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's paying more for a rent. Um, right. That's out of her pocket. So mm-hmm. that's less, less money for her to spend on things. Uh, and right. that, that money is going to a landlord who's paying interest to the banking institution, who, by the way, isn't investing that money because they're using it to try to cover their losses. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't go anywhere, in other words. you know. So right. um, it's sucking. It's not producing something no, in the economy at all. Uh, right. it's, it's taking money out of the economy. And your sister would be a great example is... She now has to decide since I'm paying more for rent, which mm-hmm. isn't which isn't going anywhere really. Um, I have to spend less on going to restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, buying buying clothes, you know, going on a trip. Um, things that she'll have to choose, you know, to be in sync. Now she could she could borrow money, by the way, and in most a lot of people right now are using credit cards. Mm-hmm. Credit card debt is an all-time yeah, high. Yeah, it's skyrocketed right now. Uh, skyrocketed and hit over a trillion dollars in that. Um, but that's only that's only available for so long, mm-hmm. and ultimately they could default, and then the bank hits it takes another hit with the loss of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the credit is is ruined for that person, you know. So that. Um, uh, what we're trying to look at, particularly as you go back and, and listen to Casey on, on the 7th and the 14th, is that um, there's regulation that is putting pressure on the economy. There's inflation that is putting pressure on the mm-hmm. economy. And then this whole this whole banking, debt, uh, credit rating, interest rates for cars, for um, uh, uh, houses, for landlords, um, it's all happening at once, and there's lots of pressure. And as a result of that, um, 
the shrinking of spending on things that that perpetuate mm -hmm. perpetuate an economy is starting to be impacted and and here's what here's what the impact will be and then we'll talk about this let's pick this up next time and get into the wisdom of it because is what we're trying to understand is that um there will be uh companies will experience uh less revenue less mm -hmm. profitability and as a result of that will read uh orient their labor force and start laying people right. people off um, and uh, and so the two elements for us for us to have you consider is that just assuming you keep your job um, mm -hmm. and this is what something we got to seek wisdom about for God is um, your ability to have the same amount of money standard of law we call standard of living Right. Um, is probably going to shrink some. Um, you'll have mm -hmm. less money to spend on things because you're going to have to spend it on on just basic things. You know, and just right. a good example of that. And Linda, um, necessities, yeah. Linda reminds me of this all the time. <laughs> so, you know, and I say, you know, why why did you spend so much at the at the grocery store? Um, <laughs> you know, and she says, here, you you walk, you go ahead, come with me. You know, let's go shopping. Let's go shopping <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh, do you understand what what the prices have have risen to? Mm -hmm. uh, interesting enough, when they calculate inflation, this has happened a long time ago. They remove food from the calculation, but, which is probably one of the ones that hits us the hardest, right? But but Linda says, well, you can take it out of the equation, but <laughs> I got to still pay for it. <laughs> so right, and right. by the way, it's going it's going crazy, you know. So um, there'll be less less money if you do keep your job. There'll be less money to spend and then you have to reorient and again the issue spiritually which we'll talk about will be does that impact your tithing does that impact your saving um, do you look mm -hmm. at things differently and go back to a a worldly view because well i have less mm -hmm. less less money and i don't follow you know biblical principles which we'll talk about and then uh if if uh, potentially um, and this is something that God would need to help you uh, and alert to or pay a heads up is um, maybe your job might be eliminated um, or you may get laid mm -hmm. off. And if you're laid off, uh, your income's going to change. Uh, yeah, you'll have you'll have unemployment benefits, but um, it could really impact your standard of living in a dramatic way. And and, right. and all of that. If that if that really starts to happen, which is what I'm suggesting, is going to happen, and, I, and we'll talk more about why, mm -hmm. um, that's going to put us into a recession, right. uh, and people will will really feel it. And when you're in a recession, those things accelerate. Uh, right. And so the impact we'd like to alert everybody to is um, think about the changes that may be coming. And to start processing to the, with the Lord, what does that mean for us? And mm -hmm. economics is a big piece of everybody's life. Mm -hmm. um, of what do we have to do with that, and how do we prepare for that? God says, "I can still deliver to you the covenant, and you can still right. enjoy life to the full, but it but it may be different." 
Right. Um, and, and even just as you're saying that I'm reminded the importance again, you know, we're always talking about coming back and you said processing that with the Lord, when it comes to economic things, I think there is a temptation on all of us to go to logic and control and, and not, and we'll process lots of other things with God, but we don't always sit and process our money with him. Yeah. And so I think the need for us to process and to be wary of fear masquerading as wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And you by know, the, and by the I way, think that's uh, a big principle that comes in here. So, and, and behind that is for some reason we say, I just expect everything to be the same. And I'm, I'm even dealing with mm. people, which we'll get into next time. They've already started to experience some of this and their, their review was, well, I'll just trust God. Mm-hmm. And, and God says, well, you're setting up a false trust because you're saying everything's going to stay the same. And I'm trying to alert you that things are changing. If you can trust me, because I'm going to show you how to work right. through it and what I want to do. But you've got to be dialoguing with me and following the steps I'm alerting you to, yeah. I being God. Yeah. Uh, but don't put a, a false sense of, well, it doesn't matter. And God says, well, <laughs> it matters. And I'm trying to right. alert you and we'll go into example of that. So uh, we'll pick this up next time and we're going to get into much more detail about the economy and then wisdom and what does that look like. And we're trying to set this up, uh, by the way, uh, it's current. And we remember we talked about this as current. Um, it may have implication for the end and what this may be setting up for the potential end. Um, I don't think it's imminent, but it certainly uh, could be sequential. Uh, mm-hmm. of things that are getting ready to cause right. what, what ultimately will be the economic collapse. And that would be the question that we'll pursue as well. So right. um, we'll have lots, lots to talk about. Uh, lots about to talk about, stuff. right? <laughs> so Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the insight, the, uh, the, the uh, truth that you're revealing to us. And uh, you're giving us heads up. And we just pray that we'll start to process this well together, not to be lazy about it and not to be presumptive. And certainly not to do it in the flesh, but rather that we would go to you because you say, uh, I can still deliver to you the beautiful uh, preserved covenant life despite the circumstances. And so we just pray that we'll trust that and we'll seek that um, and we'll follow you. And thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining us and um, be sure to tune in again next week for End Times Friday. And like Rich said, if you did not um, here, Casey Mulligan, the last two Thursdays, go back and listen to those. I think you'll find that information very helpful, even as we continue these discussions on Fridays. Yep. So thanks right. again. Have a great day. We'll okay. see you next time. Right. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments. And tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.